welcome to the broadcast of Crosstown Church of Memphis. We are a church that is Christ-centered, diversity-driven, and community-committed. A church that's bringing people together, sharing God's message of hope, love, and service. We seek to love God, love people, and serve the city. We welcome you to our broadcast with Pastor Byron Fitzpatrick. For those of you that's been with us for the last, what, two, three weeks, two, two weeks, last, last couple of weeks, should I say? Mm-hmm. Then you guys know that we started a brand new teaching series. If you're just now joining us or if you weren't with us for the last couple of weeks, then uh, introduction today for you. And that is we started a brand new teaching series, which is titled, What Would Jesus Undo? We're all familiar with the whole uh, religious movement that took place in the 90s. What would Jesus do? Where it was a big old religious campaign and movement reminding people to think about in certain situations, what would Jesus do? Hopefully inspiring and encouraging and reminding us to uh, act or respond or to behave in ways that Jesus would respond. So we're not doing what would Jesus do? We're doing what would Jesus undo? And in this series, what would Jesus undo? We're looking at a few things that broke the heart of Jesus. And, you know, uh, uh, when it, when those things break the heart of Jesus, how did he respond to them? And, you know, when it comes to our lives, you know, what is it? Th- what are some things that, you know, we might be doing that, is actually breaking his heart, you know, up, uh, uh, breaking his heart, disappointing him in a in a big way, not just a small disappointment, but disappointing him in a big way. You know, when we identify things that, when we identify some things that we would undo, we need to take personal accountability and action to undo those things in our lives. We need to take personal accountability for the things that may, that, that we might be doing that's breaking Jesus's heart. And we need to do what? We need to change. We need to change those things because none of us wants to, <clears throat> wants to be breaking the heart of Jesus. Amen. You know, week one, we talked about the title of the lesson was the hurt of indifference and indifference is when it comes to, when it comes to our spiritual lives. So spiritual indifference, you know, so many people, they don't live their lives. They don't live their spiritual lives. Like it's a priority. They don't live their spiritual lives. Like it has any real value to it. You know, I shared a story with you guys about uh, a, a, a gift that I bought Marguerite and her twin sister, which was a bathing suit slash bodysuit that has dope across the chest for our 50th, for her, our, our, for her 50th uh, birthday and our, our 25th wedding anniversary. Right. And, uh, you know, so we went to St. Thomas, uh, the four of us to celebrate your guys' birthday and our anniversary and so I bought the two twin. I bought the twins these two matching uh, uh, swimsuits and bodysuits, and and Marguerite hasn't worn her since then, you know. And then just this past June, we celebrated our fiftieth wedding anniversary. Thirtieth. Thirtieth wedding anniversary. I'm sorry, dang, I'm, I'm jumping us up. Our thirtieth anniversary, <laughs> and they're the twins' fifty uh, fifth birthday. And we went to this big pool party, man. It was great. And guess who shows up at the pool with the dope swimsuit on? Not my wife, but her twin sister shows up. So I'm like, this gift that I gave her, you know, it's like, wow, man, she don't even appreciate the gift that I gave her. You know, not not to 
speak badly about my wife, but this is just this is just a situation, right? And so Jesus, there's things that he's done for us. He's given us this gift of life, this spiritual renewal, this spiritual rebirth and life everlasting, but we treat it with indifference. We treat it like it's not a priority. We treat it like it doesn't have a lot of value. It's not, it's not a very key, very important thing that we invest in, like we invest in so many other things in our lives. We treat it with no particular interest, you know, uh, like it doesn't have, like it doesn't really concern us. Amen. And our spiritual lives, they are mediocre spiritual lives, you know, at best, they're mediocre. Amen. So that's what we talked about in in, in week one, and that is the hurt of indifference. The, the, the way we treat our spiritual lives with indifference is something that breaks the heart of Jesus. Amen. Week two, which was last week, we talked about the empty box. Amen. I shared a story about I was shooting photography at this wedding. And then when the, uh, they got to the part where the groom and the bride was exchanging rings, the groom got, the, you know, was handed the box by the best man uh, with the bride's ring and he opened up the box and there's no ring in the box. Amen. So the bride is standing there, you know, like what it's an empty box and the groom is looking at it like, oh, where's the ring? And, you know, when it comes to uh, our lives, our relationship or what we give to God, you know, it's like an empty box. And we specifically talked about worship, how our worship is like an empty box. You know, what if, what if the songs that we sing, the sermons that we preach, the service that we give were all an empty box that we give into God, an empty gift, amen? And, and we looked at how Jesus talks about people's worship as being empty and their worship being fake, amen? We don't want to have empty worship, the things that we do for God, the things that we do for Jesus, you know? Uh, we don't want them to be empty, but we want them to be filled with, you know, with purpose. We want them to be filled with intent. We want them to be true. Amen. And so today, today, just like I started week one and week two with a story, I'm going to start today off with the story as well. Okay. Years ago, when I first went into the ministry, you know, um, uh, I went to the, it was within my first year in ministry. I went to this church uh, you guys are familiar with churches doing these pastors anniversaries, right? And these pastors anniversaries, you know, they put a lot of work into them and, and, and uh, you know, a lot, a lot goes into them. In other words, these are big deals, right? And when it comes to all of the different special services throughout a year in a lot of churches, um, they, they the pastors anniversary seems like that's like the biggest, okay, outside of maybe Christmas. Uh, matter of fact, some they some of them bigger than Christmas. Yeah. I ain't gonna lie about it. They they are. It's like the pastor's anniversary is like the big thing of the year. All right. So I went to this pastor's anniversary. Margaret and I went to this church for to celebrate this pastor's anniversary. And when I got there, you know, I have, it was then my first year of ministry. So a lot of people in the community they knew that I was a minister, you know. And so when I got there, one of the ushers saw me, and he began to escort me to the pastor's office. And so I was going to the pastor's office because, you know, that's where all the pastors gather before service and they, they, you know, discuss what they discuss. They talk about the service, they say a prayer, and then they come on out, you know, at a specific time or whatever at the beginning of the service. <clears throat> so we're back there. Here I am, this young guy, I'm 27, I believe. Yeah, something like that. I'm like yeah. 27 years old, young in the ministry. You know, and here I am around all of these veteran pastors that's been pastoring for years, you know, and um, and they're all talking, laughing, having a great time, reuniting, you know, and I'm amongst, amongst them in, in this pastor's office. 
And then as it gets close to time for the service to start and we're getting ready to go out. And, and so we all like stood up and, and getting ready to say a prayer, huddle up and get ready to say a prayer and go out into the service. The, the guest pastor that was preaching that service, he did something that blew my mind. Okay. He asked the pastor, he looked at the pastor whose anniversary it was. And he said to him, he said, Hey, how much is that vacation that you and your wife planning? And uh, the pastor told him, he said, oh, it's, it's about, you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. And he said, all right. And he said, well, let's pray and go out here and get this money. And I was standing there like, uh, is this like real? This is what we're doing? We having a pastor's anniversary service so we can raise some money to pay for the pastor and his wife vacation trip? Hmm. Okay. Now, 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 don't get me wrong. If that's what they want to do, and that's the intent, then let it be known. But it just didn't feel right. It just didn't sit right. It was something wrong with the atmosphere and what was going on in that office that day. You know, if, if Jesus was in that office, what would he undo? If he was in that office with us that day, what would he undo? He would undo the hypocrisy that was in that office. He would undo the hearts of people who claim to be one thing, but they live their lives in a contrary way than what they actually claim to be. That's what he would undo. You know, now, I, I, so, so today, if you're taking notes, the subtitle for today's lesson is, You Hypocrites. Okay, I ain't talking about y'all, okay? <laughs> so stay with me here, okay? Stay with me here. But the subtitle of today's lesson is, You Hypocrites. So I want to I want to do something here. I want to um, I want to tread lightly uh, because talking about hypocrisy is not an easy topic to talk about, you know, especially in the church and with church people because people get offended. So I want to tread lightly on this topic, but I also want to be straightforward. I want to be blunt with it. Okay, so this is what I'm going to do. We're going to talk about hypocrisy um primarily from one standpoint okay you guys are you guys are catch it as we go through here you know it's not easy to see our own lives you know but it's also it's but it's very easy for us to see the lives of other people so when it comes to hypocrisy it's very easy for us to see the hypocrisy in the lives of other people but it's very hard for us to see hypocrisy in our own lives and that's why people get so offended because you when you start talking about them being a, a, a hypocrite it's like whoa wait a minute what you doing here you know and and because we don't see it in our own lives you know? but if i ask you all if i ask everyone that's on here right now you know do you know a hypocrite do you, do you know a hypocrite? All of us will probably raise our hands and say, yeah, I, I know I, probably, I know several hypocrites, you know? But then if I turn around and I ask the question, are you a hypocrite? Nobody's gonna raise their hand and say, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. Yeah, I'm a hypocrite. So so that's what I'm talking about. It's, it's, so we have to be very careful in talking about hypocrisy because we don't want to offend nobody. So I'm just saying to you right now, if you're a hypocrite, I ain't trying to offend you, all right? Okay. Smile at me, laugh at me, say, Pastor Brian, I love you. <laughs> okay, so I want to be careful that I don't offend anyone, all right? Put that out there. One of the things that we hear from people that don't go to church, the main reason that they don't go to church is because it's full of hypocrites. You talk to a lot of people, hey, why don't you go to church? 
you know, one of the main things that you hear is, man, church is full of hypocrites, man. What am I going to do that for? Yeah, full of hypocrites, you know. You know, maybe here, here, check this out. So this is what I want us to start doing. Every time somebody tells us that they don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites, this is what we should start saying to them. Well, we always have room for one more. <laughs> we got plenty of room for another one. Come on and join us. We're a bunch of hypocrites. Are you, you're a hypocrite too. No, no, you don't, don't tell them they're a hypocrite, but just say we always got room for one more. The reality of such a statement has some truth to it, is that the, the, church, the church is full of hypocrites. There's some truth to that. And that's a sad reality, but it's not a reason for people not to go to church. Someone says, man, I don't go to church because it's full of hypocrites. Okay, well, uh, that's not a reason not to go to church. You don't go to church because of hypocrites. You go to church because of God, amen? You go to church because you're trying to better yourself in your spirit. You're making a spiritual investment into your own personal life, amen? That's what you go to church for. You go to church to worship God, you know? But anyway... We've all experienced hypocrisy from someone that we looked up to and it really hurt us. Every one of us has experienced hypocrisy, you know, and, and when we experienced it, it's like, man, it was, that was like a big hurt or it was like a big disappointment, a big letdown in our lives. You know, it's impacted how we sometimes judge people and sometimes how we judge situations. You know, we look at this different people in different situations right now, and we'll judge that based on the hypocrisy that we experienced from somebody that hurt us. You know, maybe it was a leader in the church that 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 disappointed you or hurt you, you know, when it comes to hypocrisy. Maybe it was your mom or your dad. You know, we grow up sometimes thinking our mom and our dad is this one person, but then, you know, on, then we'll find out something else about them or we'll find out another truth about them that we didn't know. And we'll, we'll, we'll look at them and judge them as being a hypocrite. Amen. A teacher. We, maybe it was a teacher that we looked up to, a coach that we looked up to, you know, or a well-respected person in the community. You know, we've all experienced it. You know, we've all experienced that hurt when we, uh, when, when we experience, uh, uh, hypocrisy uh, from some hypocrisy from so someone so many people have a lot of confidence or shall I say so many people have lost confidence in a church and they have actually walked away from God because of hypocrisy they experienced it in the church somewhere from somebody and 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 they judged the whole church and they judge religion and everything her whole religious experience they judged it off of that hip, hip, that experience of hypocrisy and they've walked away from God. They've walked away from the church. They don't have a good relationship. Some people don't have a good relationship with their parents because of hypocrisy that they might've experienced. You know, they don't have, uh, uh, people have serious trust issues because of his hypocrisy. You know, hypocrisy is probably the single most damaging thing when it comes to the vitality of the church. When it comes to the church and, and its vitality, the, the legitimacy of the church, hypocrisy probably hurts it more than anything else. What would Jesus undo? He would undo the hypocrisy in people's hearts. He would undo the hypocrisy, you know, in the church. Amen. He would undo hypocrisy in our society. <clears throat> what would Jesus undo? He would undo hypocrisy. So my question is, what is hypocrisy? What is hypocrisy. Well, to understand what hypocrisy is, we also need to understand what it is not, okay? So I'm going to talk about what hypocrisy is not, and then I'm going to talk about what it is. It is not the difference between the things that we do and the things that we wish we did, 
Amen. There's a lot of things in our lives that we do, but we wish we did something else. Amen. We, 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 we try to do this, but we end up doing that. You know, it is not the difference of how we behave and how we wish we behave. All right. Sometimes we have bad thoughts. You know, we all have bad thoughts, you know, and, and we do things, but we wish we didn't do it. We have these bad thoughts. We have these thoughts of, of things that we shouldn't do, shouldn't think, shouldn't behave, you know, but we find ourselves doing it anyway. Amen. That's not hypocrisy. Sometimes we behave in ways that we know we shouldn't do, but we do it anyway. We act, we say things that we know we shouldn't say, but we say them anyway. Amen. There are times where we need to bite our tongue. And instead of biting our tongue, we, we spew out. Amen. And we know this. These are th you know things that we know we shouldn't do, but we end up doing it anyway. The Apostle Paul, he says, he says, when I want to do right, I find myself doing wrong. When I want to do good, I do bad. Amen. We all experience, we all do this all the time in our lives. We want to do good, but we end up doing bad. Amen. That's not hypocrisy. I want you all to know that, be very clear about it. That's not hypocrisy. You know what that is? That's just plain old sin. Or, or just giving in to temptation. Sometimes we give in to temptation, amen. And 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 when we give in to that temptation, man, somebody is 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 picking my last nerve right now, and I am tempted to give them some real good choice words right now. And here you go, bam, you get it, you give it to them, right? That's falling into temptation. That's that doesn't mean that you're a hypocrite, amen. I, I love God with all my heart. You know what I'm saying? And I do my best to serve him and try to live my life, you know, the way he desires me to live my life. I try to follow him and hear him and, you know, have a relationship with him, do good by people. But man, this person right here, I'm going to put my religion on the shelf for a minute. Y'all know what I'm talking about and give them a piece of my mind. That's just sin. Mm -hmm. That's just falling in, giving in to temptation. Amen. That's not hypocrisy. All right. If that was the case, Boy, we are all condemned to hell. I'm telling you, we 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 condemn to hell. Amen, amen. So here is what hypocrisy is. Here is what hypocrisy is. It is it's the difference in who we show and who we really are. It's the difference between who we show people we are and who we actually are. Amen. It's the difference between our public life and our private life. Amen. Uh, hypocrisy. Here's a here's an easy way. <clears throat> probably one of the simplest ways to really understand what hypocrisy is. Hypocrisy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's what hypocrisy is. I, I, you know, you know, I, I, I'm a wolf. But right now, I'm going to put this sheep's clothing on. I'm a sheep, y'all. No, you're a wolf. Oh, hypocrisy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. That's the easiest way to understand it, amen? It's, it's pretending to be someone that you're not with the intent of some type of personal gain or ill intent. In other words, I'm going to be somebody else in this situation. Why? Because there's some personal gain for me in it. There's some ill intent in this thing, you know? I don't like that person, so... I'm 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 a I'm a pretend to be you know something else so I can you know do something wrong to them or, or or get some personal gain out of this thing. That's what hypocrisy is. The definition of hypocrisy is this: it's claiming to have moral standards or good behavior or beliefs, but do not conform to them in your life. You don't live by them. 
You, you claim to have moral standards. You claim to have good behavior. You claim to have these beliefs, amen, these spiritual beliefs, amen, these religious beliefs, but yet you don't conform to them in your life. You don't, you, the, here's some synonyms of, of, of hypocrisy, bigotry. Bigotry is hypocrisy. You know what bigotry is? Prejudice, bias. So all of the people out there that's prejudiced, claiming to be Christians, they're hypocrites. They're hypocrites. Plain out simple, they're hypocrites. They're bigotries. Bigot, they're biggest. I mean, deceit. Synonym for hypocrisy is deceit. Dishonest. Fraud. To fraud people, amen. To be fraudulent in your activities and your dealings. You know, that is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is a flat out lie. It's just a flat out lie. Who the uh um uh, what's the, the dude's name? Just slip my my name. He said flat out all the time. Um, anyway, anyway, he's famous dude. I can't think of his name right now. He said flat out, flat out. But anyway, flat out lie. That's what hypocrisy is. The book of Titus chapter one and verse 16, it says, some people claim that they know God, but they deny him by the way that they live. They are, de they are detestable. They are dishonest. And worthless for doing nothing good. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, I tell you, man, I tell you, these, these, Jesus and uh, people who wrote, wrote in the Bible and people who spoke in the Bible, if y'all pay attention to them sometime, man, the way that they talk, they don't cut no corners, man. They don't, they don't be pulling no punches. They be speaking harsh. They, they like, dang, man, you know, put a little sugar on that when you say that, okay? They don't, man. They be pouring vinegar on that when they be speaking, boy. Titus and, and one verse 16 again, he says, some people claim that they know God, but they deny him by the way that they live. They are detestable. They are dishonest and they are worthless for doing anything good. Ain't nothing good coming out of them. Boy, I remember ooh, we used to, there was times, man, some of the older people used to say, well, you good for nothing. Like nothing, like, like nothing. You mean nothing? good for nothing and you can't find nothing like for real <laughs> Titus said nothing good for nothing amen what does this look like I'm glad you asked it, it this is what it looks like they give to be seen amen they give to be seen they like, like doing stuff for the less fortunate or doing stuff for the homeless or doing stuff for the poor and showing off like you did something great you know I did a I did a video um, you know, uh, about a month or so ago on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. And I was talking about something about people when they uh, do things with the wrong intent and they, they give to the poor and then they put it, they post it all over social media mm -hmm. and what have you. And I don't have a problem with people doing that because sometimes we need to show, you know, God at work. Amen. But sometimes the way people do it, some people do it in a way where they're really not so much focused on the, the, the God working in that situation. They're more focused on what they are doing. In other words, the spotlight is on them. And, and, and in, the, in the process, they are degrading or demeaning the people that they are, 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 are helping. You know, so, so they, they give to be seen. We don't, we're not supposed to give to be seen. We're supposed to be give because we love. Yeah. Amen. We're supposed to give because we have compassion on people. Amen. Here's, a, here's another way what this thing looks like. They fast and they tell everyone that they're fasting. 
uh, uh, some you know go somebody's house and everybody's eating and stuff like that and you decide you know you turn down the food so why come you ain't eating oh i'm fasting and i'm praying you know i'm fasting and i'm praying well you ain't got to publicize it it's keep it quiet i mean the bible tells us to fast and pray what in secret we don't have to go around publicizing it amen you don't have to lie about it either but but why are you telling everybody you know we do these and i and i i, I sometimes sometimes i struggle with this and um you know we do in churches sometimes i mean when I, the church that we used to be a part of we used to do this once a year where we would have these big sessions of fasting and praying where we would go for the whole weekend and people would be coming to the church and you know the church would be open 24 hours and people would be fasting and praying together and stuff like that and it, it was a very publicized thing you know and I understood the purpose and the cause for everybody to come together and to be on one accord for a specific cause but with the with how open it was sometimes I would feel uncomfortable about it and you know we don't we're not we're just so here in the bible says you know fasting and praying when you do it do it what in secret amen here's another thing you know they pray to be heard some people i believe some people you know uh, uh they they practice praying at home because i swear man some people got a gift you know what i mean but <laughs> but some people i swear they be practicing at home man because i i remember when i was a kid <laughs> being at church man and them, them deacons get up in there and pray well i mean them deacons they used to sing when they prayed boy Oh, and they would get that. Uh, we had this one dig, and I can't think of the name, boy. He would come up when he he would love to pray at the beginning of the service, and he'll start in his seat. He's had we had a section. Okay, some of y'all don't know about this because y'all ain't too old school. But Doris know what I'm talking about. Uh, Deb know what I'm talking about at Taylor's Chapel CME Church, boy. You had the mother sitting on one side of the church, and you had all the deacons sitting on the other side of the church, right? They had their special section where they sat, right? And and the deacons, boy. Them deacons, they would be sitting right there on their side in, in the chair. Whichever deacon was praying that day, you know, he would start praying right there in his seat. You know, he would start praying right there in the seat. And then he would slowly get up out that chair and he slowly walk and he slowly walk until he got to the altar at the front of the church. And he would get down on that one knee at the altar and pray. Man, that prayer was a song prayer, boy. And that prayer lasted, man, about 10, 15 minutes, boy. De uh, Deb, Doris, am I lying? If I ain't lying, jump in here and say, man, y'all know what I'm talking about. Amen. <laughs> Some prayers, I like. Amen. You Amen. Exactly God. right, boy. <laughs> I'm telling you, them prayers right there. I like. How in the world did they learn how to pray like that? <laughs> they must have been practicing, boy. They were at home practicing. But anyway, no, I, I, I love. I should love them prayers. I ain't gonna lie. I love them, man. They had some talent. But some people they pray just to be heard. You know, they they, they just want they want to look good in their prayer. Uh, here's another thing. You know, they criticize people for things that they do themselves. That's hypocrisy. You're criticizing somebody for doing something, but yet you do it yourself. You know, they take advantage of the poor. You know, they, they, they do things uh, for the poor, taking advantage of them. You know, uh, I, 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 here's something that, that happens in the church a lot. You know, you, you do these, you know, I talked about pastor's anniversary services, right? have these big old pastor's anniversary service and a month leading up to the service you put pressure on people to give a certain amount you know you put pressure on people hey we want everybody to give a hundred dollars we want everybody to give a hundred dollars to the pastor's anniversary right and then the, the, serv the service day come and then you know the, the deacons be up there at the front and and taking the offering and what have you now we don't told everybody we don't let y'all know ahead of time so y'all have plenty of time to prepare to give your hundred dollars so we're expecting all the members of this church to give their hundred dollars if you haven't already given it you know 
and they have a certain amount. Anyway, I don't know how to explain. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And I'll be like, there's some people that just can't afford to do it. There's some people that's, you know, quote unquote, poor. Or that maybe they're not poor. Maybe they just, they're just not financially able to do that. But yet you put that pressure on them. You put that pressure on them to do it. And they got to make a sacrifice in their home that they really can't afford to do. That's not cool, man. That's not cool at all. Remember what Jesus said last week. We shared this live scripture last week in our service, and that's Matthew chapter 15 and verse 7. And Jesus said this right here. He said, you hypocrites. I told y'all these, these, these people in the Bible, man, they, they, they don't pull no punches when they talk. How would you, how, how, who could, the, could today can stand up in the church? <laughs> what pastor today can stand up in the church and call the church, call the people in the church hypocrites. Call the leaders and the deacons and the preachers and the stuff. Who can you hypocrites? Man, Eric, man, bruh. No, that's no, you can't do that. Jesus stood up there and he said, You hypocrites. He said, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you when he wrote this. He said, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is fake. Their worship is fake. And now Jesus is telling people, their worship is fake. The teachers, the prophecies, they honor me with their lips, but their worship is fake. For they teach man-made ideas as commands from God. They teach their ideas to be as commands from God. When we claim to be something that we're not, acting like we're holy than thou, it breaks the heart of Jesus. Amen? <clears throat> Matthew chapter 23 and verse 1, okay? This is the real meat of the message right here. There, here go the real meat of the message. So if you're taking notes, go to the book of Matthew chapter 23. And we're going we're gonna to skim through this, in, well, not the entire chapter, but half of this chapter, we're going to skim through it, all right? Matthew. Chapter 23, verse 1, I'm starting with. It says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples. So here Jesus is speaking to crowds of people. People have gathered. They have come out to listen to him speak, all right? So there's a church service going on. There, there's there's a, a church meeting or, or something going on, all right? He's speaking to the crowds and to his disciples. And this is what he says, all right? Jesus was hard, y'all. Jesus, here, um, some of you might be familiar with, there's this uh, Christian rapper by the name of Lecrae. He did this album called Rebel. And this, this CD, this album that he did called Rebel, these songs were so strong in hitting the church and, 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 and holding the church and calling the church out on its hypocrisy. Wow strong but it was also this this album was also strong in identifying how jesus was a rebel we paint jesus to be this you know blonde hair long i mean long hair blue-eyed white dude you know and this soft-spoken soft-walking soft-moving type of a personality type character dude right you know, he spoke with, uh, you know, with elegance, like he almost sang when he spoke, oh, the Lord says this and the Lord says that. Okay. 
No, not so. When you read the scriptures, you find Jesus was not that type of person. He says right here, okay, let me go on. Matthew chapter 23, verse one, it says, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, he said, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees are the official teachers of the law of Moses. They are the official teachers of the laws, uh, law of Moses. He says, so practice and obey what they teach, but do not follow their example, for they do not practice what they preach. They crush people with the unbearable, with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease their burden. Does that sound like somebody talking with some soft eloquence? No, that dude was coming with a hammer. He was coming like a judge. You hear me? He was coming hard with them. He says, he said, the, the, the teachers, the Pharisees, the religious of the, the teachers in the church, they are the official teachers of the law of Moses. In other words, they, they teaching what they teaching. They're teaching some good doctrine. They got some good stuff here. They get, they teaching the law of Moses. They teaching what they supposed to be teaching. He says, so practice and obey what they teach. He says, but do not follow their examples. For they do not practice what they preach. They crush people. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease their burden. Wow. There's a, a good pastor of, uh, of ours um, that we have a partner church. Uh, he had a church in D.C., um, uh, John Cherry. Um and one of the things that he did, he had this series of teachings called uh, Fleecing the Flock. And he was traveling around the country to different churches teaching this message, Fleecing the Flock. And he was talking about how churches and pastors and all these religious leaders in these churches are, 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 are fleecing the flock, the people. In other words, they was putting all of these unbearable religious demands on people. And they were never lifting a finger to ease their burden. Wow. Making, make, here's an example, like making all of this finance, financial investment into churches, but not doing nothing whatsoever to try to ease their own personal burdens in their own lives. Jesus is telling the crowds that they, are, they got some good teaching, they got some doc, good doctrine, but don't follow their examples. Their examples are very bad. This 23rd chapter of Matthew is brutal. It's brutal. When you get a chance, go and read this entire chapter. It is brutal. Jesus comes and he lays down the hammer. He lays down the hammer hard, right? <clears throat> so let's skim through this now. So throughout this chapter, he calls them hypocrites multiple times. He says hypocrites, hypocrites. I think it was like seven or eight times. <laughs> seven or eight times, <laughs> hypocrites. <laughs> Call them out, right? So in verse number 13, he calls them hypocrites. He says he says, what sorrow awaits you teachers of the religious law and you Pharisees? He says, hypocrites. He says, you shut the door on the kingdom of heaven in people's faces and you won't go in yourselves. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, you shut the door on, on the, you shut the door to the kingdom of heaven in people's faces and you won't go in yourselves. Well, I'm gonna help you understand that real quickly. Okay. So to understand this, we need to understand what the kingdom of heaven is. I'm not going to go to a whole big old explanation or, or or what the kingdom of heaven is, but I'm going to give it to you in short, all right? The kingdom of heaven is this. It's when you open up your heart, your spirit to God, 
as to be the king of your life, accepting his way of living. In other words, this is when you give your heart to God, when you give your heart to Jesus and you become a disciple, you become a Christian, amen? And you just, you make a commitment to live accordingly, amen? That's what it is to be a part of the kingdom of heaven. So remember in Matthew chapter 15 and verse seven, I just read the scripture just a few minutes ago. He said, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. He When he wrote, these people honor me with their lips and with their hearts, but their hearts are far from me. He says, their worship is fake. Why? Why? He says, for they teach man-made ideas as God's commands. In other words, they, they, they're teaching their own, they could come up with their own religious laws, their own religious rules and, and everything like that. Even using God's rules and God's laws, because in this particular uh, um, uh, scripture right here, when Jesus said this, um, he was talking about them telling, you know, the Bible says to honor your mother and your father, but yet you make people honor you over your mother and your, uh, over their mother and father. So you directly disobeying the commandments, but you're getting on the disciples about washing their hands before they eat. Like, really, man? So washing your hands before you eat is more important than honoring your mother and your father. Y'all got something wrong. Anyway, they teaching these man-made ideas instead of as God's commands. Instead of teaching people to let God be king of their own lives, they're teaching people these man-made ideas as God's commands. By doing so, they're shutting the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. And they themselves are not even doing it. They, in other words, they're not even doing it themselves. They're not allowing for God to be king of their heart. They're not allowing for themselves to live in God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, amen? And they're shutting the door on other people. Anyway, that's just a brief understanding of what that is. There's, it go, it's actually deeper than that. But let's move on. In the chapter chapter twenty three, we're gonna I'm gonna continue skimming him. Verse number fifteen, he says he says that Jesus calls them hypocrites again, and he says uh, that they he says they get people converted and then they turn them into little devils. <laughs> wow! All right, he calls them hypocrites. He said y'all get people converted, but then you turn them into little devils. I remember uh, the same pastor. This I was just thinking about John Cherry one time, one time he said. He was, uh, we were, this was a leadership meeting. So it was a, uh, more of a small group intimate meeting in, in, with pastors actually and, and, and ministers. And he says, uh, we're talking about churches that have staff members, pay staff members. So when churches grow to a certain side and you bring people on and he was talking about church staffing. And one of the things he said, he said, church staffing is really, is, is, is very unique. He said, because you can bring a good church member on staff and you can ruin them because they see all the behind the scenes stuff go on in other words behind the scenes churches ran like a business because there's a whole lot of business aspects to it but not only that you got a whole bunch of imperfect beings so what happens is you have this person who's in the church you know they're part of the congregation in the church and everything's beautiful everything's great everything's good you know what i mean and they have these they see all of these people who are running the church in a certain type of way but once you bring them on staff they see a different type of person, not a hypocritical type of a person, but they see a different type of a person. And sometimes that can ruin people. But if those staff, if you have staff people who are hypocritical, it turns them into little devils. Wow. In other words, he says, Jesus uh, in fifth, verse 15, he called them hypocrites. And he said, he says, you take people and you get them converted and then you turn them into little devils. In verse number 23, he calls them hypocrites again and he calls them on their tithing, uh, but they ignore justice, mercy, mercy and faith. He says, you guys tithe. 
it, with, with, the, with the little bit of tithing that you do, but then you don't give no attention to justice, mercy, and faith. You want everybody to see you tithing, but you, 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 you out here doing all, you have no mercy on these people. You're not exercising any faith and you're not exercising any type of justice whatsoever. So you think your tithing is going to get you in while you're ignoring justice, mercy, and faith? And 25, he calls them hypocrites again. He, he calls them on looking good on the outside, but filled with greed and self-indulgence on the inside. Verse number 27, he says that they're like tombs in a graveyard that, like, that are very lavish, but their insides are filled uh, 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 with dead bones. In other words, the tombstone looks good, but inside the grave is dead bones. He said, that's what y'all look like. You're a bunch of hypocrites. And 29, he calls them hypocrites again, and he calls them out on building monuments for prophets that their own ancestors killed. Their own ancestors killed these prophets. And y'all here y'all now building up monuments to honor these prophets. Wow. And in verse number 31, he calls them, uh, he calls them snakes and vipers. He said, You snakes and vipers. And he tells them that they might as well finish the job that their ancestors started. Your ancestors killing off the prophets, killing them off. And, and, and you might as well, you vipers and snakes, you might as well continue to do the job that they started. And verse number 34, man. <laughs> I'm telling y'all, go read this chapter, man. Chapter 23 of, of the book of Matthew. Jesus went hard. He went in on them, man. Verse number 34. He says, therefore, after calling them hypocrites like seven or eight times, going off on them, he says, therefore, I am sending you prophets and wise men and teachers of the religious law. I'm going to send you some wise men. I'm going to send you some prophets. I'm going to send you some teachers. He says, but you will kill some of them by crucifixion. You will flog others in, with, with whips in, the, in your synagogues, chasing them from city to city. I'm going to send you some prophets. I'm going to send you some wise men. I'm going to send you some teachers, some that are not hypocrites, because all y'all are hypocrites. But you know what you're going to do? You're going to kill them. You're going to crucify them. You're going to flog them. You're going to whip them. You're going to chase them from city to city. And we know that to be true. What Jesus said, they actually did. They killed all of the disciples. Beheaded, beheaded them, burned them in pots of boiling water, boiling oil. They, 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 they uh, um, uh, stoned, stoned, stoned them to death. They burned, uh, uh, burned them at the stake. You know, they, they killed them all, killed them all. Mm -hmm. He says, as a result, you will be responsible for the murders of many godly people. Wow. Many godly people. You're going to be responsible for them. We're bringing this thing, thing to a closure now. In the book of Matthew, chapter 23, Jesus addresses the crowds about, uh, uh, about uh, the Pharisees and the religious teachers and, and their hypocrisies. But he also warned the people about their own hypocrisies. He, he, did, he just, just did not address the Pharisees and the teachers. He addressed the people also about their hypocrisies. Preachers and teachers are not the only ones breaking the hearts of Jesus in this area of hypocrisy. A lot of people are. You know, hypocrisy happens in every aspect and every area of our society. It's not just in the church. It's not just in the religious community. It's everywhere. But it seems like the most damaging, most uh, the most damaging place and the most publicly condemned area is when it comes to the church. Hmm. 
everywhere else in our society, when it comes to hypocrisy, it seems like the most hurt and the most damage is done when it's come to the church and when it comes to the, you know, quote unquote, religious Christian people. You know, maybe the reason is due to, you know, the fact that, you know, how much it disrespects or misrepresents God and how much it actually breaks the heart of Jesus Christ. If Jesus could do, if he could undo something, he would probably undo, or not probably, he would, he would undo the hypocrisy in the church and in the people's lives that's supposed to be representing him and representing the Father. You know, let's be people. We all need to be people that need to live by moral standards, live by good behavior, and live by the beliefs that we uphold in our God, in our Savior, and in this religious life that we are living. We need to be people that are not filled with bigotry, not prejudiced and not biased. We need to be people that's not deceitful. You know, we need to be people that's not dishonest. Just be truthful. If, 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 if those pastors that was in that office when doing this pastor's anniversary service, if they had just let it known up front <clears throat> that we're going to be raising an offering, a special offering for the pastor and his wife, and we want to send them on vacation. We want to give them a gift. We want to send them on vacation. And I've been to anniversary services where this was actually done. Very, They, they were very upfront about it. We love our pastors. Uh, we love our pastor and first lady or whatever. We love our pastors and we want to be a blessing to them. This anniversary service is about being a blessing to them because they have been a blessing to us and we want to send them on vacation. They deserve it. They deserve some time off together. And, and so the offering that we're going to be raising is for them to have a vacation. And so it, instead of being dishonest about it, be very honest about it. Yeah. You know, to, to, God wants us to be people. We should be people that are not fraudulent and not living a life that is a downright lie. We all do things that, that we wish we wouldn't do. We all act in ways that we wish we wouldn't act. We all say things that we wish we didn't say. That's not hypocrisy. That's just <laughs> sin or giving into temptation. But sin is when we're pretending to be one thing when we're actually something else. And we're pretending for self-indulgence. We're pretending for self-gain. We're pretending for ill intent. In other words, being a wolf in sheep's clothing. And God desires, God, Jesus is heartbroken when we sometimes yeah. act like wolves but put on sheep's clothing closing quotes y'all know i like to close with some quotes and the first one is this practice what you preach or change your speech amen the next one is this the only thing worse than a liar is a liar that's also a hypocrite <laughs> you're a liar and a hypocrite wow mm. okay uh the truth is hypocrisy of humans is everywhere. It's not just in the church. It's Amen. everywhere. Amen. All right. We got a lot of politicians who are hypocrites. <clears throat> we got a lot of bosses who are hypocrites. We got a lot of coworkers 
who are hypocrites. It's, it's everywhere. Amen. Last quote is this. Hypocrites are easy to recognize. So if you want to know how to recognize hypocrites, here, here you go. They spend most of their time pointing out the flaws of others and the rest of their time trying to flaunt their own per, uh, perfections. They're pointing out your flaws, but they're glorifying their perfections. If this message was a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry in a financial way, you can donate electronically by texting to 84321 and enter the dollar amount you'd like to donate in the message area. Or you can mail a check or money order to Crosstown Church of Memphis, P.O. Box 40981, Memphis, Tennessee, 38104. We invite you to visit our website at www.wearecrosstown.com for more information about our church. Join us for our next broadcast next Sunday at 10 a.m. Be blessed and be better.